flight that he was going to be on was hijacked to Algeria. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. The flight that he was going to be on was hijacked to Algeria. And it was a mystery in the papers and in the, in the media. It was a mystery because no one ever claimed um, responsibility for the hijacking. The hijackers made no demands. And after 12 hours or, or something like that, they simply freed the hostages and, and allowed the plane to leave. At the time, the explanation given in the media was that they wanted the plane to go on. They were simply refueling in Algeria, wanted to go on to some other country, but no country would accept them. But it's also likely that they, were, they, they hijacked the plane because they wanted to kidnap this minister, and he wasn't on the plane. When the minister got back to Israel, he of course told everyone in the, in the Knesset that uh, the Rebbe had saved his life, or at least saved him from a terrible ordeal of being kidnapped, because he was going to be on that flight, and the Rebbe told him not to be. And so the buzz, or the word, got around in, in, uh, in Israel that the Rebbe had performed a miracle, had been... Uh, prescient of the fact that this would be that this flight would be hijacked and had saved the minister by telling him not to get on the flight about a year later a rabbi from England who was a close friend of this minister was visiting with the Rebbe and he said if the Rebbe doesn't mind could I, could I ask a personal question he said my friend, the minister, told me that the Rebbe had saved him from the hijacked flight. But why would the Rebbe save only one person? If the Rebbe knew that the flight was going to be hijacked, why not call the airline, cancel the flight altogether, tell them, tell them to look out for the, uh, for the terrorists, and save everyone the ordeal of being hijacked to Algeria? Why does the minister get special attention? And the Rebbe's answer is the most inspiring of all, of all the stories. The Rebbe basically said, when I'm speaking to someone, I am obsessed with the need and the desire to do him a favor, to do something good, to do something helpful, for the person I'm speaking with. And in that desire, and in that obsession, I said to him that he should stay and not get on the flight. Which means, the Rebbe was saying that he didn't know that the flight would be, 
would be uh, hijacked. The reason he asked that the minister not get on the plane, those words that Abba said came not from prophecy, not from being clairvoyant, not from seeing what others don't see. The words were motivated, were, were stimulated by this intense desire to do what is right, to do a favor to the person that he was speaking to. Which means that this great intense love that one has for another person can actually produce the right words, the right advice, the right instructions. But it's coming not from prophecy, it's coming from concern. It's coming from empathy. It's coming from, from an intense maternal kind of love that brings the right words or the right thoughts to mind and, and you end up giving the right advice. So the holiness with which great tzaddikim perform miracles is not a magical or mystical holiness, but a holiness that is very grounded in the love of a fellow Jew, in the respect for another human being, and in the total selfless devotion to serving the needs of others. And when one makes that kind of commitment, when one has that kind of commitment, then the effect of their words is really magical. It is not a disturbance of nature. It's rising above nature. When one human being can be so concerned for another human being that he senses the second person's needs even more than the person senses his own. That's not a violation of nature, but that does transcend nature. Because nature dictates that every person feels and experiences only their own pain, only their own hunger, only their own needs. When we rise above that nature, we become capable of feeling another person's needs, another person's hunger, another person's pain, and of course, another person's joy, and another person's success, another person's pleasure. And when we rise above nature, because of the holiness and because of the goodness that dictates that we, that we be greater and bigger than, than nature, then nature helps. Nature actually cooperates and enables us to do what seems to be miraculous. Going back to the Alta Rebbe, we have another story that describes this process very graphically. It was when the Alta Rebbe had been arrested by the Tsar, accused of trying to overthrow the government in favor of Turkey because the Alta Rebbe sent huge sums of money to support the tiny Jewish community in Israel. And Israel at that time was under Turkish rule. And Turkey was at war with the Tsar. And so the Alta Rebbe sending money to Israel was interpreted as supporting the Turks against the Tsar. 
<clears throat> so he was arrested, and uh, the prison in which he was held had two structures, the office, the headquarters, and then the prison block. And these two structures were separated by a river. So when the prisoner needed to be interrogated, they ferried him across the river to the offices. The al was being ferried across the river. He was in jail for 53 days. And during those days, he was ferried across the, being ferried across the river. And it was that time of the month when the new moon had appeared. And there's the prayer that we say for the new moon. The al wanted to fulfill that mitzvah. And here he was under the, under the sky, the moon was, was visible. So he asked the boatman to stop the boat. Because when you're praying or when you're saying um, prayers out of, the, out of the sitter, you should be able to concentrate on what you're saying. And in a moving, uh, a moving boat, it's hard to concentrate. And so he asked him to stop the boat for the few minutes that it would take to say the prayer. The boatman, of course, refused. The Altadeb asked him a second time. And a second time, the boatman refused. All of a sudden, the boat became stationary in the water. It wouldn't budge. Like a painted ship upon a painted ocean. The boatman was frightened. He realized that this was a holy man and that uh, if he wanted the boat to stop, the boat would stop. The Rebbe then asked him again if he would agree to stop the boat. And here the man made a deal with the Rebbe. He asked the Rebbe for a blessing in return for stopping the boat and then agreed to stop the boat. And then the Rebbe stood up and said, the prayer for the new moon. When the Rebbe would tell this story, he would always ask the question, the obvious question. The Alta Rebbe asked him to stop the boat and even agreed to give him a blessing in exchange for his agreeing to stop the boat. All of this after the boat was already standing still in the water. Why did he need the boatman's approval or agreement when the boat had already stopped. And the Rebbe's explanation is that the whole idea of Torah being observed by human beings on earth, in the physical, in the flesh, is to bring godliness to where there is no godliness, into the physical condition. So the world that God created with all the laws of nature, is the place in which God wants holiness and godliness, mitzvahs, to permeate and become its true nature. When the boat stopped miraculously, the Altarebbe did not want to fulfill the mitzvah and say the prayers in that miraculous, unnatural circumstance because then the mitzvah would not be permeating 
into the laws of nature. You would be doing a mitzvah into a miracle, not into nature. And so even after the boat had stopped and the boatman was very impressed and frightened by the holiness of it, he still needed the boatman's approval and agreement to stop the boat naturally. And only then would he do the mitzvah. So once the boatman agreed to stop the boat, then the, the mitzvah that the Rebbe would do and the prayer that the Rebbe would say would be affecting, reaching, permeating a natural, normal circumstance that needed to become holier. And so the idea of all of the stories about miracles and magical um, performances by Moshe and by the prophets and by later tzaddikim throughout all of history is not meant to give the miraculous more credit than the natural. It's not that we should desire the miraculous in favor of the natural, but instead the idea is that just as nature obeys God's commandments as they are voiced through the tzaddikim and through the leaders of each generation, we should be inspired by that to obey God's commandments to us. So when the people saw that the rock would give water, they were inspired. I mean, we shouldn't be worse than a rock. If nature obeys God, then certainly we should obey God. But the main point is, when we obey God, we're not being miraculous. It's not that we break our nature in order to do a mitzvah. It's with our nature that we do the mitzvah. So that when we come to light the menorah on Hanukkah, for example, or light the Shabbos candles, etc., we do it with our nature because it is in nature to be good. Thank you for joining us for the rest of the story. If you would like information about other tapes by Rabbi Friedman, please call 1-800-656-5669 because it's good to know.